Hazard Audio. This week on Sports Appeal, Steve and Matt get into college football playoff rankings, the World Series, and NFL against the spread picks. That on top of the tweet zone and a very fresh sports madness. It's right here. Sports Appeal may contain explicit language. Recorded live at the Launchpad Studios in Chicago, Sports Appeal. This is going to be a home run. I just know it because I can see into the future. With your hosts, Steve Gross and Matt Axelrod. Play ball. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Sports Appeal. I'm Steve Gross. And I'm Matt Axelrod. Go find us on Twitter. We're at the Sports Appeal. This week's show, we're going to talk some NFL. We're going to talk about the World Series. Give you our picks against the spread as usual. Sports Madness, the Tweet Zone. But first, let's start with college football. But before we get to all that, let me introduce our producer with us as always, Johnny Five. And we're powered by Hazard Audio. Let's kick it off with some college football. The first college football playoff rankings came out. Top four teams, Clemson, LSU, Ohio State, and Alabama in that order. Any surprises there, Matt? No, no real surprises, but the biggest thing that stuck out to me is the difference between the playoff rankings and the AP Top 25. The college football playoff rankings take less consideration of a loss than the AP Top 25. In the AP poll, you got to go down to number 7 before you get your first team that has a loss, which is Alabama, whereas Alabama is ranked number 4 in the playoff rankings and is set to make the playoff. The selection committee has shown in the past that they have a real hard-on for the SEC, especially Alabama, so I'm not surprised by this at all. I don't think there's anything egregious going on here. There's been a big movement to kind of get away from the AP poll, and that's kind of where the college football playoff came from. They did away with the computers so they could insert a human element into this, and it's really obvious that the selection committee values strength of schedule because Baylor at 7-0 and is all the way down at number 6. That wasn't meant to be a criticism of the playoff rankings. If anything, it's more a criticism of the AP Top 25 because obviously you're less likely to have a loss if you're not playing anybody difficult, which is why it's pretty crazy that the AP Top 25 still has Ohio State ranked number 1 overall. Yes, they're 8-0, but most of their wins have not been very impressive. I don't really have an issue with that. I mean, they're the defending national champions. They're undefeated. Leave them at number one. I'm yeah, totally fine with that. Yeah, but they haven't played very many difficult opponents, and even the games that they've had against the subpar opponents they've had have not been very impressive. I'm not saying they shouldn't make the playoff. They definitely should unless they drop a game or two before the season's over. But having them ranked above teams like Clemson and LSU doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. Well, that's the beauty of the playoff is you just have to get in. If the top four teams get in, it doesn't really matter what the order is at that point because you have to win to advance. So that's the beauty of the playoff, like I said. Another thing that stuck out to me is the Big 12 just they keep getting dissed, man. Baylor, TCU, Oklahoma State, all undefeated. None of them in the top four. Oklahoma State all the way down at number 14 at 8-0. Yeah, and on that note, though, Baylor puts up 60 points a game, but their strength of schedule is 119th in the country. So it's not like they're doing it against really tough opponents. No, they haven't been. Uh, they have been crushing people. Like you said, they're scoring a ton of points, but their schedule really picks up at the end of the year. So does TCU's and so does Oklahoma State's. Those three teams all play each other in the next few weeks, so that's going to work itself out. A lot of this is actually going to work itself out. LSU and Alabama, both in the top four, play each other this week. Number one, Clemson, and number 16, Florida State. 
they play each other this week. There's a lot of big games going on this week, so this is going to change a lot. It'll be great to see how this all shakes out as the season progresses, but my real beef with the playoff system, and I assume they'll fix this eventually, is it really should be eight teams or ten teams with the top two getting a bye to start with. Because you're going to have more quality teams that have a real shot at winning this thing than you're going to have teams making the playoffs. Right, yeah, I see what you're saying. Like, take a team like Memphis. They're 8-0, they're in the AAC. Even if they go undefeated, they're probably not going to make the Final Four unless something catastrophic happens at the top. But a team like that deserves a shot at the title, and if you expand the field to eight teams, they should get in and at least have a shot to prove themselves. Yeah, now obviously, assuming they continue to go undefeated, right now they're ranked 13th in the playoff rankings. But if they continue and go through this season undefeated, they definitely should make it to the top eight at least. Two more big surprises for me in the rankings here. Notre Dame all the way up at number five. I was a little bit surprised by that. They do only have one loss. It was by two points to number one Clemson. So I guess it makes sense if you look at it from that standpoint. And Florida, seven and one. They're only lost to LSU, and they're all the way down at number 10. Kind of disrespectful of Florida right there. Part of that might be a reflection of Florida's failure to really perform the last several years, because this is their first year in a little while being any good. Yeah, and quarterback Will Greer being suspended for the year for PEDs. That could have something to do with it as well. Again, because of the human element we talked about. Nobody really knows how the playoff committee selects these teams because it's by secret ballot. So there's really no mathematical formula to this thing, which is another thing that makes it so beautiful. I love this system. It's better than using a computer to tell you how real people are performing on the real field of play. And with that, let's send it to Johnny Five for the Tweet Zone. Tweet Zone. Hit the tweets. For our first tweet, we tweeted out at the Sports Appeal, DJ Manuel is the first NFL quarterback to lose games in three different countries, to which at Mark Real replied, Mexico City could be in play for 2016. Golden Sobrero, anyone? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. So EJ Manuel has lost games in the United States, Canada, and merry old England. So there's talk about having some NFL games in Mexico next year. Will they send the bills? It seems like they will. Yeah, the Bills are just getting sent all over the place. Yeah. They're playing in Canada. They're playing in England. Yeah, let's send them to Mexico. Let's show off the best product the NFL has to offer. And for those who don't know, the golden sombrero in baseball is four strikeouts in one game. So it's a really apt description for what EJ Manuel will be doing if he lost the game in a fourth country. I don't think he's going to get the chance to start any more games, though, to be honest with you. Well, yeah, he's only starting because Tyrod Taylor was injured. But even so, you got to think the Bills are going to be moving on from EJ Manuel. He clearly doesn't have what it takes to be a solid NFL quarterback. And our next one from at Ray Ray Charles. After the refs failed Duke, should the NCAA be able to change the outcome of a game when it's on the final play like that? I'm uncomfortable with that because no other league does it like that. Even when there's a blown call, you never have the league take it away after the fact. Now, the referees just need to do a better job there, plain and simple. The ACC came out and said the refs absolutely blew this game. They had four blown calls just on that last play. One of the players had his knee down when he lateraled the ball. But I agree with you. You cannot go back and change this. That's what the instant replay is there for. They actually reviewed the play for close to 10 minutes and still didn't change the call. In fact, they threw a flag on the play, and the flag then got picked up on the review, which I didn't even know you could do. I don't think you can do, but they did it, and Miami gets the win. So, no, I don't think you should change it because, like I said, that's what the review is there for. They still got it wrong. Sorry, Duke. Tough shit. Yeah, Duke got absolutely screwed, but when you get into leagues changing the outcome of a game after the fact, I just don't like that at all. And our final tweet from at Jeffrey Arhorn. I'm excited to hear your NFL segment. Hashtag go Broncos. Hashtag no fly zone. <laughs> so... 
Jeffrey R. Horn here is uh, referring to last week when we kind of dismissed the Broncos. We said they've been good but unimpressive. We didn't really believe in them. And then they went out and dismantled the Green Bay Packers this week, blowing up your picks against the spread. But are you ready to flip the script? Do you believe in the Broncos now? No. I don't either. No. (laughs) The Packers are not good on the road. They don't beat good teams when they're on the road. They just don't. So it's not that impressive. I don't know what I was thinking picking against the Packers last week because I've always been adamant that Aaron Rodgers can't win games against good teams on the road, and I went against that rule last week, and it screwed me. So you are saying the Broncos are a good team. They're a good team. They're unimpressive. All right, that's fair, yeah. I mean, Peyton Manning had a fine game against the Packers, third-string secondary. I mean, he played to the tune of zero touchdowns and one interception. That's not impressive. Yeah, they ran the ball a lot better, which definitely helps open up the passing game. He was coming off a bye, which is good because there are rumors that he can't even get through a practice throwing all the passes that he needs to throw. He's just tired. So coming off a bye, he looked a lot better, which is good. I'm with you. They have a great defense. Don't think Manning is the same old Manning. They play the Colts this week, so I think we'll have another good week because their defense is awful. But after that, I expect more of the same from Peyton Manning. Speaking of which, I want to take it back to a topic of conversation from preseason that I got absolutely shelled on. Oh, with, here we go. Which is benching Peyton Manning. Now, I understand the arguments against it. We're starting to get to the point where you need to consider benching Peyton Manning, not to save him for the playoffs, but just because he can't really hack it anymore. Yes, they're winning, but they're winning in spite of him, not because of him. I agree with your last point that they're winning in spite of him, not because of him, but I'm still not sure the team is ready to bring in Brock Osweiler. The players still buy into Peyton Manning. They still buy into his leadership. He's changing plays at the line of scrimmage still, so I think they still need him in there. I understand your point, and I agree with you a little bit more than I used to, I guess, but it's still not very much. Fuck it. Just make him the offensive coordinator. (laughs) He might have a future in that. I don't think he's going to go that route, but you never know. That's it for the Tweet Zone. Now, we haven't had a chance to recap the World Series yet, so we're going to do that after the break, and then we're going to introduce a new segment we're calling Head to Head. Hey guys, it's Steve here. I know a lot of you have been wanting to try out DraftKings.com. Now is the perfect chance to do that. Fancy sports fans are winning huge cash prizes every day at DraftKings.com, America's favorite place to play daily fantasy sports. Daily fantasy means no season-long commitments. You just play whenever you want, pick your sport, draft your team. It's like a new season every time you play, so you're never stuck with the same players. Last year, $300 million were won at DraftKings.com, and you could be the next to win big. Go to DraftKings.com now and enter promo code HAZARD to play for free. That's HAZARD for free entry now at DraftKings.com. Welcome back to Sports Appeal. I'm Steve. That's Matt. Congratulations to the Kansas City Royals, their world champions, after falling 90 feet short last year. They finally got the monkey off their back after 30 years and won the World Series this year. They beat the Mets in five games, and the Mets led in all five of these games. Their bullpen blew it. Yeah, and that was one of the big weaknesses of this team going through this season and especially into the playoffs. They've got Juris Familia, who is excellent in the bullpen, and pretty much nobody else. And even Familia in Game 1 blew the lead in the bottom of the ninth inning on a solo home run that was just smoked to straightaway center field for over 400 feet. By Alex Gordon, yeah. And that was the only home run the Royals hit over the fence in the entire World Series. They had as many inside-the-park home runs as regular home runs. And both of those were in the same game. The Royals scored a record 51 runs in the seventh inning or later in the postseason, which breaks the previous record set in 2002 
by 15. They absolutely shattered that record. From the seventh inning on, they were money. Yes, they were, and that just goes to the resiliency of this team. They just never say die. They're a homegrown team, and they have what it takes to win. They have TWTW, the will to win. You're right. They are a homegrown team. Eric Hosmer, Lorenzo Cain, Salvador Perez, these are all guys they brought up through the minor leagues. In fact, if you combine the payrolls of both of these teams, it's only $210 million, which is less than the payroll of the Yankees, less than the payroll of the Dodgers. So these two teams both did it with value players. And a prime example of that is Salvador Perez, who's still on a really cheap deal. He's only 25 years old, and he is the World Series MVP. And boy, did he deserve it. In fact, he was 6 for 12, so batting 500 with two strikes in the World Series. For contrast, the Mets collectively hit 114 in two strike counts. The Mets' bats went to sleep in the World Series. They scored a few runs. Curtis Granderson hit three home runs in five games, so he was on fire. On fire. But Daniel Murphy, who single-handedly carried the Mets to the World Series, just went ice cold. Ice cold! Yeah, they really shut him down. He didn't have a single home run the entire World Series, and he had two incredibly decisive errors, and basically blew two games for them. And getting back to the relief pitching, Addison Reed for the Mets appeared in all five World Series games, ERA 9.82. Tyler Clippert appeared in three games, ERA 9 even. Jonathan Neese appeared in four games in relief, 5.79 ERA. So their bullpen really gave up a lot of runs to the Royals. Give the Royals credit. Like I said, their bats got hot at the end of games. And then you also have Bartolo Colon, whose ERA was zero, but he gave up some unearned runs that were at least partially attributable to him, and also some earned runs that didn't get counted against him because they were inherited base runners. But he was also not impressive in this series. Yeah, his ERA was zero, but his whip was 2.10. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, that's not great. All right, so we're going to move to a new segment that we're going to try here. It's called Head to Head. So I've come up with some scenarios here, head-to-head -head scenarios between two different players. Matt is not going to know who player A is or who player B is. He's going to tell me which one he would want and who he thinks they both are. Steve didn't even tell me what sports he's pulling from so that I couldn't cheat at all. So I hope I can at least figure that out. Okay, you'll be able to figure out the sports. All right, here we go. First one, player A. These are quarterbacks, Matt, which is football. What, that thing they play in Europe? Get that commie shit out of here. <laughs> EJ Manuel plays it in Europe. <laughs> All right, player A. Completion percentage, 62.8, 1,864 yards, 7 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Player B, 55.7% completions, 1,812 yards, so about 40 less than player A. 15 touchdowns, 8 interceptions. Which would you rather have? Rather have player B. I'm going to guess player A is Peyton Manning. It is. Player A is Peyton Manning. Good job. I'm impressed. Player B, who is it? Fitzmagic? It is not Ryan Fitzpatrick. It's my boy, Blake Bortles. No shit. Yeah. It's not a, bad. Having a much better season than Peyton Manning right now. All right, number two. Player A, 286 rushing yards, four and a half yards per carry, four touchdowns and two fumbles. Player B, 281 rushing yards, so five less than player A. Three and a half yards per carry, one touchdown, zero fumbles. I'm going to go with player A because he's moving the chains and keeps the defense honest, even though he does have a couple fumbles that player B does not have. But the extra touchdown is nice too. Ultimately, it comes down to the yards per carry. I'll give you a hint here. Okay, player B is C.J. Anderson with three and a half yards per carry and one touchdown. Ugh, yeah. not a good year for him. No, not at all. So player A is averaging one more yard per carry, which is a huge difference. 
three extra touchdowns and two extra fumbles. Who is player A? Gonna guess Jonathan Stewart. Right team, it's Cam Newton. No shit. <laughs> yeah. I saw a crazy stat about Cam Newton recently, actually. Cam Newton leads the NFL among all rushers with a first down percentage of 40%. So 40% of the time that he rushes the ball, he gets a first down, which by far leads the NFL. Yeah, he has more rushing yards than C.J. Anderson, more yards per carry, and more touchdowns. That is unbelievable. We'll give you one quick basketball one. It's very early in basketball season, so these stats are going to be skewed a little bit, but what the hell, we're having fun. Player A, 22.8 points per game, 30% field goal shooting, 15.9% from three, five assists, six rebounds per game. Player B, 25.3 points per game, 46.6% field goal shooting, 50% from three, one assist, 4.3 rebounds per game. Obviously, I'm going with player B here. He's having a much better season. Player A, I'm guessing, is Lance Stevenson? Nope. Player A is James Harden. Oh, shit. Yeah, he's not having a good year. 15.9% from three. Player B at 25 points per game, Bradley Beal. Whoa. I know. There's some crazy stats going on in sports right now. Man, that's crazy that Harden's having such a bad year so far. Obviously, it's early, but Harden was talking a big game before the season started. He was saying he thought he should have been the MVP last year and that it should have been obvious to people that he was the MVP. Now he comes out, he's shit in the bed at 30% from the field. Well, he's heartbroken. Chloe dumped him. What are you going to do? One last one. We'll go back to quarterbacks just because these are fun. Player A, 1,568 yards, 15 touchdowns, 2 interceptions. Player B, 1,581 yards, 13 touchdowns, 3 interceptions. Player A is Josh McCown? No. Josh McCown has way more than 2 interceptions. Okay. He is having a great year, though. He is. Uh, Player B, I'm going to go with Derek Carr? Incorrect. Player A is Aaron Rodgers, 15 touchdowns, 2 interceptions. Pretty good. Player B, with more yards than Aaron Rodgers... 13 touchdowns and three interceptions, which are really good numbers. Brian Hoyer of the Houston Texans. Hoyer the destroyer? Then how come the Texans can't win a game? The Texans are 3-5 and and tied for first place in their division. How dare you, sir? (laughs) That is a first place team you're talking about. With an asterisk. (laughs) All right, so that was head-to-head. We'll take a break right now, and when we come back, we'll give you our against-the-spread picks, and we'll do Sports Madness. Fantasy sports fans are winning huge cash prizes every day at DraftKings.com. Last year, $300 million were won, and you could be the next to win big. Go to DraftKings.com now and enter promo code HAZARD to play for free. That's HAZARD for free entry now at DraftKings.com. Welcome back to Sports Appeal. Let's get right into our against the spread picks for the NFL this week. So far for the season, I am 14-7, and seven, which is outstanding. I've never done this well, ever. And I am not. You are not 14-7. and 7-11 seven. Seven and 11 for Mr. Axelrod. For my first pick, I'm taking the St. Louis Rams, who are plus two at Minnesota. Last week, Minnesota barely beat a struggling Bears team who completely choked away a touchdown lead in the last three minutes of the game. The Minnesota Vikings do not look that good. I know they're 5-2, and two, but it's an unimpressive 5-2. and two. Their defense is great, but that's about it. The Rams are a much more solid team. I'm joining you on this one. I'm also taking the Rams plus two. Their defense is legit. They do not give up points. And I am all aboard the Todd Gurley Express. This kid is absolutely amazing. 
Only two players in NFL history have more rushing yards than him in their first five games. That's Adrian Peterson and Eric Dickerson. So, Todd Gurley, my boy. For my next pick, the Denver Broncos are favored by 6.5 points at the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts just fired their offensive coordinator. Now, the Broncos are underwhelming, but the Colts are a sad baby on fire. Yes, they are. Granted, they had a nice comeback to tie it up and eventually lose last week, but easily going to pick the Broncos here. Yeah, the Colts' defense is not great. Uh, their secondary is really bad. And Peyton Manning, he's used to playing in that building, so you could be absolutely right about that one. My second pick is going to be the Atlanta Falcons, minus 7 at San Francisco. The Falcons have struggled the last few games, but... San Francisco is an absolute mess. What a disaster that team is. They just picked up Pierre Thomas off the scrap heap. They benched Colin Kaepernick in favor of Blaine freaking Gabbert. So absolutely give me the Falcons minus seven against Blaine Gabbert. Are you kidding me? Yeah, the Falcons haven't been very good the last few weeks, but the San Francisco 49ers haven't been very good any week. So yeah, I'm with you on that one. The Falcons should tear them apart. All right, what's your last pick? For my last pick, I learned from last week the Green Bay Packers are once again favored on the road against an undefeated team. The Carolina Panthers are going to do what the Broncos did to the Packers last week, and that is shut them down on offense. Aaron Rodgers is just not good in those situations for whatever reason. I learned my lesson. Packers are going to lose, and they're going to lose big. All right, the Panthers are getting three points in that game. Do you want the points? Yes, I think they're going to win, but I might as well take the points. Yeah, if they're there, grab them. My last pick, I'm taking the G-Man. Minus two and a half at Tampa Bay. Now, the Giants defense was horrendous last week against Drew Brees. They got torn apart. They gave up seven touchdown passes. They gave up 52 points. They still only lost the game by three. The Giants offense is good enough to beat Tampa Bay by more than three points. I expect the Giants defense to score against Tampa Bay. Gifted a touchdown by Jameis Winston at some point. So, Giants minus two and a half at Tampa Bay. Yeah, I can't believe that line is that low. It's madness. And with that, Sports Madness. Sports Madness. All right, let's start with Sammy B, Sam Bradford. He reportedly turned down a contract offer from the Eagles before the season started. They offered him a $72 million contract over four years. That's $18 million a year, which would be a huge raise compared to what he's making now, which is about $13 million. I don't know why he turned this down, but it doesn't look like it's panning out for him. He bet on himself, and he's losing. Yeah, he didn't live up to his rookie contract. In fact, to the extent that he inspired a rule change in how much you can pay rookies out of the draft. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And yet they offered him more money a year. Stats for the season, 1,766 yards, which is fine. But nine touchdowns, 10 interceptions, and a quarterback rating of 76.4. Not going to get $18 million for that. On the plus side, he's stayed healthy so far. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what Chip Kelly is doing here. I think nobody, does Chip Kelly know what Chip Kelly's doing? I mean, Bradford's having a better season than Nick Foles, so. That is true, but Chip Kelly came in, made all these changes. They don't have a real NFL team anymore. He's like playing fantasy football. Now, I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. He's clearly a brilliant football mind, as evidenced by his first season there and what he did in college. But you got to see this team start to perform by next year once they've had some time to all gel together. And in Sam Bradford's defense a little bit, he has refuted this report and said he never saw the offer. He said if the Eagles made a contract offer like that, it must have gotten lost in the mail. Which, I mean, what else is he going to say at this point, even if it is true? So 
you never do know when you hear those unconfirmed reports though how much truth there is to it now for our next story kansas city had their own scene like it was out of the walking dead where <laughs> Royals fans were all heading to the parade. The traffic was so bad that people actually got out of their cars and left them on the highway to walk to the parade. There was an aerial shot of the crowd waiting for the team to come home and you could not see an inch of green grass anywhere. It was just a sea of blue. People were packed in there. I've never seen a crowd like that to welcome a team home. Yeah, absolutely. Kansas City went all out. They showed that team the support it deserved because they had an incredible season. And for our last story, there was a study done by a breathalyzer company called the breathalyzer company. What do they do, Steve? Interestingly enough, they make breathalyzers, not breathalyzer companies. They did a study. They measured the BAC of fans coming out of games at NFL games. They ranked the teams for the drunkest fans. Would you like to guess which team has the drunkest fans? Philly. Philly. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. I would like everyone to know that was not planned. That was stereo sound. Unbelievable. No hesitation. Philadelphia. Nope, Philly was number three. Detroit was number two, which that team would drive anyone to drink. And number one, Buffalo Bills, man. Every week you hear a story about the drunk Bills fan doing something stupid, so this is entirely unsurprising. No, I can't say I'm surprised, but I'm glad the Eagles made the top three. I would have been very disappointed in them <laughs> if they hadn't at least made the top three. Rounding out the top five, we got the Browns at number four and the Arizona Cardinals at number five. That one's surprising a little bit. Yeah, their team's actually good. They're not driving people to drink. <laughs> And the, uh, the two least drunkest fans, the Titans and the Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals makes sense. The Titans, I would be fucking pounding the liquor. <laughs> you gotta sneak in some hard shit for that. Speaking of the Titans, Ken Wisenhunt got fired. I can't believe we haven't mentioned this yet. Yeah, Ken Wisenhunt, at the time he was fired, was 1-20, in 20, excluding opening day games. I'll do you one better. In his last 50 games with both the Titans and the Cardinals, he was 6-44. and 44. Good lord. How was he still employed? Yeah, I know you want to give your head coach a while to adapt. They'd seen enough. That'll do for Sports Appeal. We've actually got a really exciting announcement from our studio band, Full Service. Johnny, tell us about it. Alrighty, so Full Service, you hear them in the show. We jam a song of theirs at the end of every single show. Exciting announcement from them is that they have a new album out. It's called Lockers. Really cool stuff. I've had a chance to listen to an advanced copy. Very, very good stuff. And we're going to be jamming new tunes off of that album. If you want to make a purchase of that album, give that band some support. Check out the link on Podbean. And you'll also get a link on our Facebook page as well. Full Service also has their own podcast that they've started up. It's called The Whale Pod. Why The Whale Pod? Well, because what they travel around in is a big white van. They call it The Whale. Whale Pod is cool. If you want the inner details of what's going on with Full Service, check that out. Thanks for tuning in to Sports Appeal. Tweet at us at The Sports Appeal. Find us on Facebook. We are produced by Johnny Five, powered by Hazard Audio. Now the conversation will continue on Extra Points, so go take a listen. And Taking Us Out is going to be the title track from the new album, Lockers by Full Service.
Turn it on, Johnny. Yeah, whoop de whoop. All right. <laughs> what the hell was that? I said, yeah, whoop de whoop. Yeah, whoop de whoop. Whoop de whoop. Wickety whoop. <laughs> <laughs> Hazard Audio.